Amen. But I'm going to tell you today, just because it's raining on the outside, come on, just because it's raining on the outside don't mean we can't have church on the inside. And I, I told them yesterday, of course, I got a, uh, I get those text messages and all kinds of messages about, Pastor, are we going to have church? What do you think about all of the things? And I'm in there praying and asking the Lord to give me strength, been studying all week long, believing God for a move of God. And I told Bethany, I said, I don't know what's going to happen tonight. I don't know what's going to happen today. But I'll tell you this tomorrow, if we got power at that church, we're going to have service. Come on, somebody. So, so I asked Pastor Tegan, I said, you kind of close to the church, if you will, let me know if we have got some electricity at the church. And I'm going to tell you what he typed back to me. He said, Pastor, we've got power at the church, and I felt the Holy Ghost in that. I felt the Holy Ghost in that. He didn't say we got electricity. He didn't even know it, but he encouraged me. What he said, we got power at the church. Can I tell you something? The church needs to walk in power. We need to recognize that we got power. Amen? That we're not weak, anemic. We're not just fly by night, but we got something. Because we've been saved, sanctified, filled with the Holy Ghost, we have power. Let's don't advertise that we got bread and we just got a bunch of crumbs. Come on, somebody. Amen? Say, Pastor, well, there's a handful of folks here. The Bible teaches us where two or three they didn't gather in my name. They didn't gather in Pastor Ted's or Pastor Tagan's or Deacon's. They didn't gather in the praise team's names, but they gathered in the name of, come on, Jesus. Come on, somebody just say it, Jesus. Why the name of Jesus? Because you can say my name all day long, and it won't change one thing. It might even make somebody mad. But you can call out the name of Jesus, and my heavens, it changes things. The Bible says that devils tremble, that demons bow. Can I tell you, at the name of Jesus, there is power. He put the power back in the church. Mm. Hallelujah, hallelujah, my goodness. I'm excited about this morning, amen, and I don't know what all the Lord has, but I do have something I want to share with you. I struggle with the title, that's some of the things I struggle with sometimes, is what is a catchy title to give them so they'll remember it. So this morning, I want you to say it with me, hashtag, stay strong. When I was a kid, that wasn't a hashtag, it was the pound sign on the telephone. When I was really, really a kid, I don't even know there was a pound sign, you dialed with your finger. Most of our kids don't know what that is, but uh, you've seen uh, antique stores maybe that have them. I want to say thank you for being here. We'll look in that camera and say thank you for all of those of you who are watching or trying to watch this morning. I want to encourage you, amen, if you can't watch it or you're having trouble with watching it, to go over to MyRefugeChurch.com and there is a place that you can click at the bottom to listen to this service. And we have checked that out and we want you to know that it's working very well. And so we're trying to get all the bugs worked out of that, specifically before Overflow Conference, September 15th through the 18th. Aren't you looking forward to that? Pastor John will be with us, and we want you to come. This place will be full. Our ushers and greeters and all of our dream team and everybody that makes all of that up will be working hard. We're just glad to have you. I want to share with you a practical message. Something that I believe is very important is that people sometimes want you to get deep with a word and really they're not ready for that. And here's one of the things that I've learned about people sometimes who say, well, I just need them to get deeper. Really what they've said is, can you get a little bit confusing? 
And I don't think that the Word of God was ever intended to be confusing. I believe sometimes for our minds, we don't always understand everything. But I believe that God has purpose and it's practical for everyday living. What good is it for me to stand up here and tell you something? Uh, If you were were in a boat and you fell out of that boat and you needed a life preserver, just because I don't know the Greek word for life preserver or the Hebrew word for life preserver, that ain't going to help you one bit. You need a life preserver. Because if you're drowning, you're drowning. Come on, somebody. I want to just throw a practical life preserver out today. The scriptures we're going to read from is out of a legendary book of the Bible, Joshua. I want to start with chapter 1. We're going to read a little bit there in Numbers and pretty much stay there. This passage of scripture that I'm going to give to you today is on how you can be encouraged and not stay discouraged. One of the things that I recognize and realize from my church experience and being in church since 1979 is that you can have people who hear the word of God but yet on Monday they're discouraged about what's happening at their house or on the job. Well, Pastor, how in the world are you going to help us in just a few moments that we can? I'm going to share something practical with you and I believe that as I give this to you, if you'll take a few minutes, write it down, maybe go back and listen to it, that you'll understand there's a simple principle here that works and will work in your life. And the simple truth is this, that God, for all of us, have got plans. He has plans. He tells us that. Jeremiah 29, 11 tells us that. He tells us that He has plans. We also teach and recognize that not only does God have a plan for me as your pastor, as for those who sing and those that are in the nerve, every person here, God has a plan and a purpose for your life. And what God is preparing for us is good. I don't care how bad things have been in your life up to this point, and I say that not with the the thoughts that I don't care, but the thoughts that I mean that God's Word teaches and declares to us, regardless of what your past has been like, that He is able to take your past, plunge it in the blood of Jesus Christ, turn you around for His glory, and make a difference in your life. I believe that the purpose of God never changes from the time you were ever even thought of, by the time you were born, by the time you are conceived in your mother's womb, God had something good planned for you. Amen. Amen. Come on, somebody. And everything that has happened in our life, now listen to what I'm going to tell you, good or bad, is used of, I didn't say it was from God, I said it's used of for the purpose in our life to prepare us, listen to this, for the purpose of God. Hear me, I know there's a lot of P's in there and the purpose and the plans and all of this other. The bottom line of it is simply this, that what happens to many people is that their purpose in God and the plan of God begin, or the plan of God is delayed because of our past. But can I tell you that God has not changed His mind about you? 
that God loves you and will always love you and there's nothing you can do too bad that will make God think any less of you or love you any less and there's nothing that you can do any better to make God love you anymore while you were a sinner Jesus died for you on the cross he knew your past he knew your present Come on, somebody. He knew you. Why? He's sovereign and he is God. Come on. But even the bad things that happen in us, in our life, somehow can be used for purpose in our life. But we have to be careful. And that's where we're going to go today is that if we're not careful, there's two things that Joshua talks about that allows and can allow us to get distracted, can cause us to get sidetracked, and can cause us to fulfill what God would have for us in our life. Two things, and I'm going to share those with you in just a few moments. It's very easy to allow one of those things would be fear to come into your heart. The second one would be discouragement. And everybody here, regardless of how long you've been in church or how long you haven't been in church, how saved you feel like you are, how filled with the Spirit you feel like you are, is that all of us have been through those times of fear and discouragement. We deal with them. Well, we're going to take you to Joshua chapter 1, read to you a few verses. not going to ask you to stand because it's a little bit lengthy. I'm going to give you the background of this, that before this chapter, Moses has been the leader. He's been the one that's been leading these people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt, through the wilderness, and they're going to a place called Canaan, or what is the promised land. I want to tell you that a lot of times preachers preach this and they preach that Canaan is heaven but I'm not really sure from my teaching or my understanding of it in my studying that Canaan is actually heaven. It is the promised land that was promised to them. I'm saying that is they they parallel, parallel this to heaven. I don't believe that you've got to go to heaven to walk in the promises of God. I believe you eventually will end up there. I believe that's important that you do. I believe that's the ultimate journey and the goal. But I believe that we ought to walk in the promises of God now. We're waiting on the kingdom of heaven to come. And I believe that the kingdom of heaven is in us. That we are the body of Christ. That we are the kingdom of God. That we ought to be walking in it every day. So let's read some scriptures and I want to encourage you. I love how God works because when he's talking to Joshua, he's giving these orders He's not only giving him the orders, but he's also gives him the encouragement to do the job. I'm talking to a mama today. I'm talking to a daddy today. I'm talking to a leader in a church today. I'm talking to us today to just let you know that God's not only called you to raise your children. He's not only called you to lead that children's church group or those babies or that youth group or whatever it might be. But God has not only called you to do that, purposed it in your heart, but he wants to encourage you and give you what you need to do the job on the way. Amen. Amen. Joshua chapter 1 verse 1. After the death of Moses, the Lord's servant, the Lord's uh, servant, the Lord spoke to Joshua, son of Nun. Moses' assistant said, Moses' assistant, he said, you got to remember when it says that in the New Living Translation, he basically was the commander of that army at the time. He was a Moses assistant. Verse 2, Moses, my servant, is dead. Second time he tells us that. Therefore, the time has come for you, look, to lead these people. You've got to step up. The Israelites across the Jordan into the land that I'm giving them. Somebody say, promised land. 
Number three, I promise you what I promised Moses. Hear this, that the same thing that he said and the promises that were good for your mama and your daddy and your grandparents is still good for you. That if God promised it to them, he will, he will honor those promises in your life. i got so many stories that I could share with you about that. He said, I prom- what I've promised to them, wherever you set your foot on that land, I have given you. It's already yours. From the Negev wilderness into the south Lebanon mountains into the north and from the Euphrates River in the east to the Mediterranean in the west, including all the land of the Hittites, no one will be able to stand against you. That's a good promise of God. As long, here's the condition, as you live, come on somebody, for I will be with you. In other words, as long as they live, God said, I'm not going to leave you. I'm not going to forsake you. I'm going to go with you. I will give this to you. For I will be with you as I was with Moses. Look at this. I will not fail you or abandon you. He tells them that again. Verse 6, here's the first one. Be strong and courageous. For you are the one who will lead these people to possess the land. I swore to their ancestors, I will give them. Number two, look at verse 7. Be strong, and look at what he says, very courageous. In other words, you're going to need this. Hear it, it's twice I'm telling you this. Be careful to obey all the instructions Moses gave you. Do not deviate from them, turning to the right or to the left. Then you will be successful. And everything you do, all of it, all of it. Somebody say everything. Look at this, verse 8. Study the book of the instruction continually. Meditate on it. There's something we got to say about that in just a few moments. But he was talking about the five, uh, the book of the Torah, the five that they had. They were to meditate on it. There's a word that we'll get into in just a few minutes. They were to do that day and night so that you'll be sure to obey everything written in it. Only then will you prosper and succeed in all you do. Verse 9, this is my command. Be strong. Somebody say hashtag strong. Stay strong. Come on. He said very strong in one place and courageous. Then he adds this part, which I've really only started noticing in the last little while, which I think is very good. Not only are you to be strong and courageous, which he tells us three times, but he says to them, don't be afraid or discouraged. You know what God was saying to them? God was saying to them, I want you to notice, I know that to be strong and courageous is something that you're going to do. I need you to understand that. But if you're not careful, if you're not careful, fear and discouragement will come into your life and can keep you from my promises. They have not changed. They will not deviate. They will not, uh, they'll never be null in your life. But hear me. Fear and discouragement can keep them at bay. Father, we ask you right now in the name of Jesus to bless the time that we've got. I pray, Father, that whatever, Lord, as we speak, God, as we give you the word this morning, that our ears would hear, that our hearts would be open. Father, that we would remember, God, what has been spoken. And, Lord, that we would leave here with an encouraged word. We ask it in Jesus' name. Everybody said, Amen. Last week I told you, that the battle was not yours. There are some things in life, there are certain battles that you and I are going to face that God has said are not ours. They were not yours to fight. They're not yours to fight. 
But I'm here to declare to you today, just because some battles are not yours to fight, there are some things in your life you will have to fight against. There are some things that I can't fight for you. There are some things that even God, I'm going to say this, can't fight for you because when it comes against your life, you have to be the one to stand up. Now, He can give you the encouragement. He can help you. His Word is there. It will not change. It will never deviate. His promise is the same. But you have to be the one. Sometimes you've got to be the one to stand up in the morning time when the enemy's telling you that he, telling you about your past, what you you'll never become what you'll never be in your life, swing open the door on the house and say, today, devil, I'm not your man. Today, devil, I'm not hearing what you've got to say. You are not going to bring fear into my life. You're not going to bring discouragement in my life. I know who I am because I have gotten into this book and I've been reading it. I haven't just heard it, but I've been reading it. I've been uttering it from my lips and I believe that I am what it says that I am. I'm a child of the Most High God. Come on, somebody. So I want to ask you the question, has there ever been a time in your life that you've ever felt like fear had overcome you? Now, there's a day that we're going to talk about. I've had a, I've had a message on the back burner for some time called Spin Cycle and how fear, worry, and anxiety, what it will do to you. And there will be a time that I'll get to share that's been on the back burner for several months now, but I'm, I'm letting it marinate. It's what we're doing until the Lord says use it, and then I'm going to use it. But I'm telling you, fear will come in. We, could, we don't have time to digest all or dissect all of what fear does, but fear is a real thing. Fear is a real thing. Now, I'm going to tell you there's a difference between uh, allowing fear to come against you and allowing to not uh, be afraid and allowing fear to have you. Come on. I said being afraid and allowing fear to have you or to take control of who you are. I'll just give you a short story real quick. This is personal. When I was about 12, 11 or 12 years old, Back in the day before uh, churches preached against Halloween as much as they do now or teach against it, and then, you know, we try to do outreach and all these different things, they were having a harvest festival. And uh, at this harvest festival, our little church at that time, our pastor had a small farm. And on that small farm, uh, they had it was rolling hills in a pond, and we would go out, the youth group would, and Pastor Tegan, we would take fishing rods and fishing poles and they'd bring worms and crickets and we would fish until the, until the, until the dark hit us. And then when the dark hit us, they'd fire up, the, 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 uh, uh, fire up some wood and we'd do marshmallows and hot dogs. I remember one time eating hot dogs that had been burned. Anybody like a hot dog kind of roasted good over a fire? I do. I'll eat one that's been roasted really good over a fire. I ate so many that I got sick. Miserable. My wife would tell you that was a lot of years ago. We first married. I would not eat a hot dog at all because all I could think about was that. But that's not the point of this story. The point of this story is remembering one of the times that I was afraid in my life or fear overcame me. So the hot dog thing's over with and, and all of this. And uh, they, they would do several different things. But some of them, and one of them was the church clerk. I've never forgiven him. He's gone to his grave and I still haven't forgiven him. <laughs> Gathered up a bunch of us kids and wanted to walk down the road that this farm come into. So back from the pond, back to the main road, just a little piece was a small cemetery on the right-hand side leaving. You know where this is going, don't you? 
And I'm walking down that road. There's a bunch of us walking, and we've got the clerk that's making sure that we're going and some other guys that are there too that are in cahoots with what's going on. And they got people, they got folks, adult people, talked into going down there and laying down in the middle of that cemetery and wait till a bunch of us kids came by, and then they popped up. And I had to go home and change my pants. I, it scared me. It scared the skin off of me, if you know what I'm talking about. And so I'm sharing that with you to tell you that that's one of the first memorable times I can really remember being scared. And there's some other times I can mention to you too, but I've been afraid. And apparently Joshua is dealing with some fear and he is dealing even maybe with some discouragement because he's told three times, be strong, be courageous. The second time, be strong, be very courageous. Because listen to this, no matter how many times that we deal with fear, no, many no matter how many times we are strong, we all deal with this stuff. And you might be courageous, but there are times in your life that you're going to feel discouraged. The obstacle I face is sometimes that I can personally be complimented. I personally can be said or encouraged and I will find a way in myself to cancel out what somebody else just said. Come on somebody, you know what I'm talking about. You, Somebody's trying to encourage you. you Pastor, you look like you've lost weight. No, I've, no I'm, I don't know how. I'm still eating like I always ate. You know, I, I, you know, you, you know what I'm talking about. Your hair looks good today. Well, I don't, I don't really know why. I didn't have time to fix it this morning. Are y'all following what I'm telling you? Most of the time, when we, we get encouragement, we'll figure out a way to cancel what somebody else spoke over me. Can I tell you something that the Lord knew as human beings that we can go from encouraged to discouraged? We can go from not being afraid to afraid in a flat 60 seconds and it doesn't take long until the enemy has started weaving his way into our thought patterns and, and saying, look, yeah, you thought you had it. You thought you were okay. Yeah, everything looked good on Sunday morning. You were the one raising your hand, praying for other people. But look, Monday morning is here and the very thing you thought you would overcome is the very thing you're dealing with now. And he will do his best to put fear in your heart. He will do his best to discourage you because he knows that if he can get you afraid and discouraged, the battle you're fighting is not one that God can fight for you. It's one you've got to stand in the face of and hashtag stay strong and say, devil, I know what you're saying. I know what you're telling me. Rooster, I hear you crowing, but I got some news for you. I remember reading the word and meditating on a word that says, greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Come on, somebody. And I might feel like I'm afraid, but I don't have to stay afraid because the Bible says that he, come on somebody, is taking care of me. Listen to this. It's up to us to understand that we, God's always going to go with us. He will never leave us. He will never forsake us. He will not abandon us. But we've got to choose how far he's going to go with us. And I say that or how far that we will go with him. The reason I'm saying that is because sometimes we do things in our life. We do stuff in our life. Our promise is God's going to go with us. Are you hearing me? 
but how far you go with him is determined by you. In other words, God won't leave you. He won't abandon you, but sometimes we check God at fear's front door. We check God at fear's front door, and we just start for some reason believing that somehow or another everything that has could go wrong, will go wrong. But I'm here to just say to you, somebody, I want to encourage somebody, that even if things have not started right in your life, even if things have not been just right with your walk with God, that He has promised to go with you. And that promise will not change. God already knew that you would mess up. God already knew that you would fail. God knew that that you would have times in your life that you felt like a failure. But the promise, listen to this, of the presence of God has not changed in your life. He has promised that he would be there, that he would go with us. But what if God feels like he's a million miles away? What if it feels like God just has not shown up? Can I tell you something? It doesn't take long until you lift one hand in the air and then you get another hand lifted in the air and you begin to worship the Father and you begin to say Abba I need you more right now than I did yesterday you begin to mutter a praise song that you heard on Sunday morning that you can't even remember all the words to but you just begin to mutter it off of your lips can I tell you it won't be long until the Holy Ghost from heaven begins to infiltrate your life and you'll realize that he is greater that he is bigger than all your fears he's bigger than all your discouragement and that you don't have a reason to walk in fear you've got a reason to be encouraged in the Lord amen not to be discouraged come on somebody give the Lord some praise today in this house hallelujah hallelujah come on somebody hallelujah 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 the question is this if God's on my side and God will fight with me and for me and you're telling me that the battle belongs to him and it's not always ours. That's what you said last night. Why does God have to keep repeating to stay strong and be courageous? They're about to go in and have to face some people. We're going to share that in just a moment. But I believe that verse in verse 9 that uh, don't be afraid and don't be discouraged is the key to why we have to sometimes take care of certain things for ourselves. Point is this, there is a difference between feeling afraid, because we sometimes do. Uh, Y'all want another one? I remember when I was a kid, we hadn't been saved very long, and mom and daddy got in church, all of us kids there, my sister that was a little bit older, Linda, uh, we we got home from somewhere. I don't even remember where it was. But this is very unusual, but all of us ended up at the house. The three kids did, and Mom and Dad was just moments behind, and it was the day before cell phones. It was the day before being able to text. And we don't get thunderstorms quite like we get here in Mississippi. We don't see things like we see in here much. We don't see that hardly at all where we live at. Well, one of these East Tennesseeer thunder bumpers come up that day and we were home and it went pitch dark I mean the lights went out and us three kids were there and all I remember Pastor Ted about that the biggest thing was mama and daddy coming in the door and finding all three of us kids on our knees at that couch praying I'll tell you why we were scared to death we was afraid come on Isn't it something, it's one thing for you to say, hey, don't be afraid, listen to this, but it's another thing for that fear 
to have you. Fear will create inroads in your life, which develop to other things that we hear a lot about right now called anxiety. We don't have time to get there. It'll cause anxiety. That You hear people talk, the kids talk about being anxious. And the Bible tells us in Psalms to be anxious for nothing. Come on, somebody. Come on. The Bible says, David said, to, to check me, Lord. See if there's any way in me. Lord, help me. Lord, don't, don't let this thing wrap me up. There's so much we could talk about right now. So if the battle belongs to him, why does he repeat it? Because that verse 9 tells us that if we're not careful, we can go from feeling afraid Come on, somebody, to being afraid or letting fear have us. Just because you feel discouraged does not mean that that discouragement, this will make sense to you, has to have a stronghold in your life. A stronghold is something that is brought up in your life. It, it can, it can uh, I'm trying to think of the best way to, to bring this to you, but the stronghold is something that overtakes you or it can overtake you. The Bible talks about that, that the strong man's house, he has to secure it. If he don't, the stronger man will come in and overtake him and take his stuff. Hear me. The enemy wants to do his best to, to create these inroads or strongholds into your life. They're like a fortress or a tower built up in your life. And I would love to tell you that God is the one who can pull those fortresses down and those strongholds down, but the truth of it is you have to stand up in the face of them and be willing to declare what God's Word has said over you in, in order to pull it down. Our kids in school are dealing with more stuff that keeps them tied up twisted up and anxious than anything else in the world right now. And it's because we're living in a world that is filled with fear. I want everybody looking here, hearing what I'm about to tell you. The Bible says in the last days we are there. You can say whatever you want to. Paul preached about it. Uh, Peter talked about it. We are in the last days. But I believe that we're in the last hours of the last days. And what's happening is this. The Bible says that men's hearts will fail them because because of fear. Oh, you can do better than that. He will fa they will fail them because of fear. And that's why they're over-medicating and putting medication into our, the hands of our families and into the hands of our school. I'm not saying that you don't need to take something every now and again, but I am telling you this, that if you and I will learn what the Word of God declares, and moms and dads, you'll get them kids off of computers, off of cell phones and tablets, because a lot of that stuff is enrooting right through what is called the Internet, and you will teach them what the Word of God says and declare over them what the Word of God says and plead the blood over your home and over your house and your children, you would not deal with a lot of things that we're dealing with right now. Fear has made an inroad, and you, don't, you can feel fear but not let fear have you. I'm telling you, there's a lot here that more than I could preach on. In the text, we read that Joshua's telling him the real enemy here is not these Hivites, it's not the Canaanites, not the Jebusites. They are the people in that land, but the people living in the land were not the real enemy. The real enemy is not the people or the circumstances. The real enemy that we deal with in our life is not people or circumstances. It's not flesh and blood. You remember that last week? It's not even the circumstances that are around us. If we're not careful, we'll spend our life fighting a battle that don't belong to us. 
or we'll fight a battle that is the wrong battle. Come on, somebody. And that battle will keep us distracted. But the real enemy that most of us fight most of the time, and I'm not discrediting the enemy. I'm not, let me back up. I'm not discrediting the devil. Some people will say, they'll say, well, the devil, you know, the devil's just the devil, and I, you better be careful. I've been in some services. I've seen some things in my lifetime. Pastor Tegan knows what I'm talking about. Pastor Ted, and there are others who spent their life being raised in Pentecostal spirit-filled churches where the devil and the enemy showed up in a real way. I could tell you some things that will make the hair stand up on the back of your neck. There is a real devil. Let me, let me just say this. There's a real heaven and a real hell, and we need to spend our time trying to populate heaven. But don't you discredit the work of the devil because the enemy is trying everything he can and most of what some of us believe is simply flesh things are not flesh. They are spiritual principalities, authorities and powers, listen to me, that the church has failed to take authority over and bind in the name of Jesus. And some things we need to bind and some things we need to lose. But hear me, the devil is real not giving him credit where credit's not due. I just believe that greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. And that if, if the, the Bible says that Satan fell from heaven like lightning, I'm going to tell you something, but Revelation goes even further than that and teaches us that one day he'll be bound up in a pit forever. I'm just believing today that one day, one day, come on somebody, that all of the things, all the tricks, all the junk, all the stuff that he tried to pull on me and you, that he will be bound for eternity and we'll not have to deal with him anymore. The end result is that we want to go to heaven, that we want to be where Jesus is. Can I tell you something about heaven I'm glad that heaven is real but greater than that I'm glad that Jesus the one who set me free will walk those streets who will talk with me come on somebody will hold my hand be the light of that city I believe that Jesus will be that's the greatest thing about heaven so pastor you're telling me God's got a plan for me you're telling me that I have to fight some things yes I am I'm telling you there's a bigger purpose that most of us don't see and the bigger your purpose, the bigger the enemy you'll have to face. We must believe that God has brought us out of some things. I don't know about you, but God brought my family out of some junk. And I hear stories at times from people that their families are going through and it sounds like something that you would watch on a soap opera show. And I know that some of you have been there, you've dealt with it. But can I say this to you? Aren't you glad that you know God has brought you out of some things? The problem is, if you're not careful in your purpose, you will talk yourself out of what God is trying to bring you into. Hear this. God has brought the children of Israel out of Egypt. We're going to go to a place here in just a moment. Over in Numbers, where... They were already at, at the place of being able to walk into this land promised to them, but they stopped short 40 years prior to the verses we read in Joshua and said, hey, the people that's there are scaring us to death. It's literally what they were saying. They are bigger, they are taller, they are, they are huge, and we're just like a bunch of grasshoppers. Come on, somebody. The bigger the enemy. 
or the bigger the purpose in your life, the bigger the enemy. Some of you, God's brought you out of pornography. He's brought you out of drugs. He's brought you out of alcohol. He's brought you out of that. The reason that you battle and continue to battle, let me just say this. Once you get past one thing, the enemy tries to find something else to put in your life. He's trying to build a stronghold in your life. You got past pornography, he'll, he'll send everything he can with a short skirt in front of you down the hallway. Come on, somebody. I know y'all don't, nobody really wants to say amen because they don't want me to preach like this, but it's true. You, you get past drugs and he'll send you somebody, amen, that's rolled some left-handed ones and tell you that it's not really drugs, that that's legal in most states. That's how you need to go. That's how you need to roll. When you know that's how you got led into that place to start with. I know, y'all don't want to hear this kind of preaching. Y'all would rather go to church where they wouldn't preach like this and tell you the truth. But I'm going to tell you the truth because that's the way that it is. I, I, I would say that most of the guys that I knew that had that problem was dealing with harder things in their life started out on a smaller level. They started out. What was bad was I had a guy years ago testify to me. I know you ain't going to hear this preacher. But he said the way that I got started in marijuana was the fact that I got started smoking. When I got started smoking, then I was trying to marry one and then I was trying then I went to this and then I went to that and it all led to something else hear what I'm about to tell you the enemy's trying to build strongholds in your life you gotta hashtag stay strong know who you are in the word of God in order to combat and defeat what the enemy's trying to build up in your life cause mom and daddy he's not just trying to do it to you but he's trying to do it to your kids hear what I'm saying he wants your kids to live under the the curse which is nothing more than a lie and God wants you to live free yes free indeed come on somebody ought to shout say yes Lord Zach if I can't get nobody else to help me I wish you had blue and red hair come right up here and help me preach this thing God wants you to be free he doesn't want you to be bound he doesn't want you to be bound the enemy wants to keep you bound let me share this with you now that he's brought you out, God's trying to God's brought you out of that. He's trying to bring you in the promise. What is what's God promised you? There's a lot of you that God's promised you a lot of things, but hear this. This is if you're looking for points or something to write down, point number one was this don't let fear keep you from your future. And fear could be delved into in a lot of ways. I gave you the backstory a little bit that 40 years prior to this, the children of Israel being led out, Moses is still alive. He sends 12 spies in, two come back with a good report, 10 come back with a negative report. Now you're going to have to read all this for yourself out of Numbers 13, verse 31, and you can read that whole chapter, but let me just share this with you. The two that came back with this fearful and discouraging report, you know, it, everybody look here just a minute. It don't matter how much good you do in your life, you let one thing bad, negative happen in your life. Tell me what people remember. I could say names of TV evangelists right now, and the first thing popping a lot of your mind would not be the millions or thousands they saw saved, but the failures that they had. Listen to this, Numbers 13, 31. But the other men who explored the land with them disagreed, talking about they disagreed against those that gave a good report. They said this, we can't go up against them. They are stronger than we are, verse 32. So they spread this bad report about the man. The report of 
the majority of the spies says, or the majority of the report was, hey, the land's good. It's flowing milk and honey. It's got all this stuff going on in it. But there are two of them who comes back and says, hey, this, this, we can't do this. This, these people are stronger. They're taller. They're bigger. We're smaller. As a matter of fact, we look like grasshoppers. They look like giants. But notice this. Listen to this. Listen. The Bible says they spread the report. Isn't that what a naysayer does? Isn't that what? So we will, we, we ask, we'll say, God, I don't think I ain't got no alcohol problem. I ain't got no drug problem, but you got a mouth problem. Proverbs, I'm telling you, it's just as bad. One's addicting as people say, I, I, I got, I heard, I think Pastor Chris said something about this in our study. I, I got a prayer request. No, you ain't got a prayer request. You got a rumor spread. Preaching better than some of y'all helping me. That's what used. To, that's how prayer request things kind of got turned a lot of times in church. It wasn't. It was about you. 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 They were spreading rumor. Well, we just need to pray for them. No, you ain't want to pray for them. You want to talk about them. Come on, somebody. They spread the report that was bad, and the report was partially truth. But I found out that a partial truth is a whole lie. Come on, somebody. A partial truth is a whole lie. Partial, partial truth was they were taller. Partial truth was they were bigger. A lot of truth came out of their mouth. But the full truth of it was God has said, I'm going to give you the land. I've done given it to you. I've done said to my servant Moses, it's yours wherever you put your foot. Remember we read that. I'm going to give it to you. Y'all hear me? And the other thing was we can't whip these guys by ourselves and God had said you ain't got to go by yourself you don't have to go alone I'm going to go with you so let me ask you something did God change his promise according to the bad report of the spies no absolutely not God's promises has never changed there's many times the reason we don't receive what God's promised to us is because listen to this we end up talking ourselves out of what God has said is good for us God said, I'm going to do this. I want, I want to use you. I, I've got something for you. I've called you to this or that or the other. And we'll talk ourselves completely out of what God has said. Here's my story. I'm going I'm to tell it and stand by it. My wife laughs at me. We go to the store. I'm not a huge, uh, my wife, she's, I, I used to follow her and still do follow her just about anywhere she goes. We're usually together. But she'll laugh at me because she knows what I'm going to tell. We get into a store and we start pushing the cart and I find something personally that I'm going to buy, that I, I feel like I want to buy. Not necessarily that I, that I need, but I want. You, you all got me. And so I push that thing around in the cart the whole time in that store and then before I leave, can you guess what I do? I put it back. I talk myself completely out of it. Anybody else know what I'm talking about? I, I just need to. One guy said the easiest way to double your money was to fold it up and put it back in your wallet. I think Pastor Ted may have come up with that phrase. <laughs> fold it up, put it back in your wallet. And so I do that. But let me share with you this. A lot of times what God's trying to do in our lives, we talk ourselves out of those things. And what we need to do is start talking to ourselves and believing what God's already spoke over us and talk ourselves back into it. Come on, somebody. Stand on the promises. Refuse to talk yourself out of it. Believe that the future blessings of God are yours. Discouragement. Here's, let me touch this. 
does not always come from what's going on or my circumstances around me. We might think it does. But discouragement oftentimes comes from the voice, the frequency that we choose to listen to or we believe. God's word has already said to them, I'm going to hurry, we've got two more points, we're going to finish this. God's word's already said, it's yours, you can have it. I'm giving it to you, it's his promise. It's his plan, he's got purpose for you. But, the enemy has come along, and there's been some distractions in your life, there's been some fear in your life, there's been some discouragement in your life, and the enemy says, you'll never be able to accomplish any of those things. And what a lot of us do is we go from that being encouraged in church for the hour, hour and a half we were there to in the next 60 seconds filled with fear and discouragement over what the devil has said about us or what the enemy has said and we allow that to come into our minds and we believe, listen to this, that the enemy, what he has said, that voice becomes stronger than what the voice of the Lord is in your life. Can I tell you what John 10 and 5 says? He says don't believe, don't listen to, don't hear the voice of the stranger. There is a good shepherd that you need to listen to and the people of God know his voice. Don't listen to the voice of the stranger. Number two, we're getting there. Very simple, very practical. Don't let discouragement Keep you from your purpose. Joshua knew when he sent these 12 spies in who were talking to Moses and what they were doing was this. They were, he, he knew what the, the spies had said and they were trying to talk Moses out of going into that promised land back in Numbers 13 where we read there earlier. And, and he wanted, and what they were doing was they were basically saying, Moses, we don't need to do this. But what they were doing was trying to keep them from or it was... Keep them from the purpose. Let me read to you what Numbers 14, 9 says. He says, don't rebel against the Lord and don't be afraid of the people in that land. There's a whole chapter here you need to read. They are not helpless prey to us. They have no protection. But the Lord is what? He's with us. It's already been said 40 years before Joshua ever goes in to claim this promise. Don't be afraid of them. The enemy you're fighting against, amen, and against the promises of God for your future a lot of times is the fact that fear and discouragement is the simple things that we're dealing with and we have been told over and over again, don't be afraid. Why don't be afraid? The Lord is with me. I know that He is. I know that He's taken care of me. I knew when the lights went out during that great storm of whenever it was, the night early 80s, amen, that the Lord was with me. I heard that. But fear comes over. And you know what? A lot of times happen. We either run to the Lord or away from the Lord. As an 11-year-old, 10-year-old boy, I didn't know anything else but to run to the Lord. Can I tell you, as a 50-year-old man, I have learned in everything that I come against, whatever it might be, it may be some fear, it may be discouragement, it may be an enemy that has sideswiped me from the right or the left or even from behind, but the first thing I need to do is run to the Lord. I need to trust Him in all your 
ways. Acknowledge Him. Trust the Lord in all of your ways. Acknowledge Him. Come on, somebody. Before you do the thing you're thinking about doing, you need to trust God. Before you let fear make an inroad in your life, trust God. Before you let a word spoken over you discourage you, trust what God has already said. I'll not leave you. I'll not forsake you. You're not going to have to go this alone. I'm with you. But you've got to stand up, pull up your bootstraps, and you've got to fight against discouragement. And David said, when everybody was against me, when my family was taken captive, the one thing I knew I had to do, I didn't have anybody to send me a text message. I didn't have somebody to email me or call me. Come on, somebody, or blow the show for. He said, I stood up. I encouraged myself in the Lord. Young people, hear me. Adults, hear me. There are going to be times in your life you may not remember a word that I preached this morning, but you need to remember this. God has already given you His word. Stand on it. Declare it. Encourage yourself in the Lord. Somebody say hashtag stay strong. The key to overcoming discouragement, first of all, is to stop listening to yourself and start talking to yourself. <laughs> Come on, somebody. Talk to yourself. David talked to He encouraged himself. Daddy said talking to yourself wasn't bad as long as you didn't answer yourself back. I choose to believe that God's got purpose in my life. And I choose to believe that God has a plan. And I'll just be honest. I did everybody looking here, here, and what about I tell you? I'm going to give you part three, we're done. Piece three, and we're done with this. Part uh, point three. That's it. There are times that I get up on Sunday morning. Everybody listen. That I feel just like you do. Now, when I say that, I know I'm making a broad statement. Here's the feeling that I have. Remember, I said your feelings. Don't have to have you, and discouragement doesn't have to have you feel like it, but you don't have to have fear. There are times that I get up on Sunday morning and I do not feel like coming to church. I need everybody to say amen, Pastor. There are times I get up and look out the window and I don't see nothing but rain and storm clouds. I look at the fear channel and I don't see nothing but green, yellow, and red. I just say I'd like to stay home today. Come on, y'all help me preach. I'm preaching about me. I ain't preaching about you. And sometimes I get discouraged and I just don't feel like it. 6.15 when my clock needed to go off this morning, I had done awoke and I was awake. And I didn't feel like getting up. Come on, somebody. I didn't feel like getting up. I did not feel like getting up. But hear me, I need everybody to listen to what I'm telling you. I just believe that I knew that God has sent me here today on assignment that there may be one person today that felt like they were worthless. Hear me. That they felt like God had abandoned them. They may have even had thoughts of suicide run through their mind and that they wouldn't make it. And God sent me on assignment to come by and tell you today, look at me, that you are worth it. God loves you and your life is worth more than what you're giving yourself credit. Hear what the word of the Lord is to you. Don't quit. God's got plans for your life. Hashtag 
Stay strong. I need somebody to help me. Hashtag stay strong. If you don't help me, I'm going to stay here the rest of the afternoon because I done looked at what the forecast is. Don't quit. Your purpose may be connected to someone else's promise. My Lord. Johnny, I feel like preaching this this morning. Would you help me if I preach just a minute? If I said I'm not coming to church, I know somebody else can get up and read some scriptures and pray and give a worship service. But what if that God has sent me? What if God has sent you on assignment and you're in church not just for you but because your baby's sitting on those chairs over there needed to hear a word from a pastor who's saved, filled with the Holy Ghost, got the power of God in his life, saying, don't give up. I know you're thinking about taking your life, but I'm here to tell you, your, world, your life is worth living. And the devil's a liar. I said 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 the devil's a liar. I'm tired of the lies he's spreading and trying to tell us. Hear me, your life is worth living. God's got a purpose and he's got a plan. He's got a purpose. But what if? The purpose of God in your life is connected to somebody else's promise. I'm telling you, God can't fail. You say, well, pastor, what you're trying to tell us is this. If you didn't come up, get up and come to church, preach the word, then then everything's going to shut down. I got news for you this morning. That ain't what I'm saying at all, Brother Hugh. I'm saying this this morning. If I won't do what God's called me to do, he can raise a drunk up from a gutter. He can get a drug addict from a rehab center. Come on, somebody. He'll get somebody else to do my job. He can raise them up. Hear me, I'm not so crazy to believe that God isn't bigger than I. I am, but I've chosen to believe that I'm going to hashtag stay strong, not listen to the lies of the enemy. I'm going to believe what God's already said about me over my kids. I'm going to thirdly hear this. I'm not going to get sidetracked. Somebody say, come on, somebody say, I'm not going to get sidetracked. Because if you get sidetracked, you won't speak God's word. If y'all got it, throw it up for me. Hurry. We're going to try to finish this. Don't get sidetracked. Don't be sidetracked. Speak God's word. Leave it there for just a minute. I need everybody to be able to get it. I want you to hear what Joshua, verses 7, 8, and I'm closing. I'm done. Be strong. Be very courageous. Be careful. Let me jump down to verse 8. Study the book of the instructions continually. Meditate. Somebody say meditate. On it day and night. So that you will be sure that everything, you will do everything that's written in it. Only then will you prosper and succeed in all that you do. I heard this. I read it because I want to study it out and know it for myself. Joshua knew that he needed to stay strong. Guys, get me some music real low, ready if you will. He knew that in order for him to stay strong, the Lord had told him to be strong, courageous, but that he couldn't let fear make an inroad into his life. He couldn't let discouragement build a stronghold in his life. But one of the last things that God tells him is meditate on the Word of God. The last are the five books that they had. They didn't have the whole Bible. They had the Torah or the law. Listen to me. Hear what I'm I want you to tell me. I had to look this one up because it's it's true. If you Bible students, you need to do it for yourself. Meditate. Now, I don't know about you, but I always do better when I hear it. And 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 when I here. So a lot of times when I read my Bible, I set up something to read or to listen, and I read it. 
Well, they didn't have iPads and they didn't have Mac computers and they didn't have iPhones and tablets and all this other stuff to do that. So that word meditate, Pastor Ted, you get to, it means murmuring mur, or to murmur or to, let me back up, to mutter. That's, that's the right word, to mutter. Okay, you get, you get this. So he said, meditate on the word of God. So when Joshua is reading those books of the law, I'm just going to give this to you as an example. He wouldn't just read it, but he would mutter it from his mouth. Pastor Bethany, that's why we need to speak blessing and not cursing. That's why we need to pray, God, use my lips. That what I say, Lord, carry weight. That's why James said there's a lot of things that you can tame, but the tongue is one of the hardest things. that you can, make a, you can make a horse go where he needs to go by the bridle in his mouth. You can make a ship turn with a rudder that's behind it, but the mouth or the tongue. That's how, that's how backbiting and gossip can become in the same level as an alcoholic and a drug addict. Meditate on it. I'm about to close. Meditate on it day and night. Listen to this. Mutter it. Hear this. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Come on, somebody. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. He would read it, and he would not only read it, but he would mutter it. Now, I'm saying that, and I'm giving you that little piece. Because here's the thing. He that the Son sets free is free indeed. Come on, somebody. He's not in bondage to any man. He would read it, but he would mutter it from his mouth. You know why? Because that goes back to the fact that just meditating and reading it, what I'm preaching to you here now, some of you will leave and won't remember a lot of what I said. But if when you read that word, there is a promise that it will not fall on ground, come on somebody, in good soil that won't grow. So when you read it and you mutter it from your mouth and you speak it from your mouth, you went from speaking the opposite of what the enemy's trying to tell you to what the Word of God is saying to you. You went from trying to talk yourself out of it to talk yourself into it and believing it because you're saying it out of your mouth. Speak it. The reason we have so much trouble is a lot of times we've chosen to speak over our spouse negative things, our children negative things, our job negative things. car breaks down and we curse at it. I'm preaching better than you're helping me. We curse the very thing that God really wants to bless. We don't have enough money at the end of the month so we curse at our bank account. My God, shove your checkbook or your credit, whatever it is, debit card in the book of Hebrews. Give your tithe, give your offerings and speak over the word of God. Speak life into it. Speak blessing into it. It's God's will for you to prosper and to be in health. No, I'm not calling Cadillacs from heaven. I'm telling you, if you do what God has said and be obedient, God will not fail you. Come on, somebody praise Him. Would you stand to your feet? Lord, in the name of Jesus, we give you this time. Father, we give you this opportunity, Lord. We've given you, Lord, our hearts and our minds today. Lord, I've spoken what I believe your word has said to us. And I believe, Lord, that you will give us the, the courage to fight back. 
Lord, that we will believe the thoughts that you have said over us. Lord, that we are the chosen. We are the children of the Most High. That we are victorious. That we will overcome. That we will not fail. But Lord, that we will be strong. We will stay strong. Lord, we pray that. Lord, we pray that. Lord, I thank you. I thank you for what you've done and what you're doing. Lord, I ask you now to touch hearts today, God, for that one here, Lord, that heard this word and, Lord, needed the encouragement, needed the encouragement, needed the encouragement. Right now I'm speaking to somebody. This is what I feel like I need to do. You're dealing with fear or discouragement. I want you to come. Don't wait. Jump out of your seat and come to this front right now. You're all, when you, if you speak out of your mouth and your mouth says, I'm afraid, Come on, somebody. That's what you hear. I, I guarantee you, I'm afraid. I, I, I feel so anxious. Come on, somebody. I feel like I'm afraid I'm not going to have enough. Come on, somebody. I'm not. The devil's using everything he can to keep you. And then some of you, it's not the fear, but it's the discouragement. It's the discouragement that you're dealing with that keeps telling you somehow you are not enough. I'm speaking to you. I need you to come in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. You're discouraged. Come on, don't let the enemy talk you out of it. You're dealing with the discouragement. The enemy's discouraged you and your family. He's discouraged you with your children. He's discouraged you with your finances. He's discouraged you. I just want to pray over you. I want to pray over you. I want to pray over you.